here we go. Hello, the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. My name is, of course, Eddie Cohn. I am the host, the creator of the Spiritual Spiral. I am thrilled to be here. I have a few really exciting guests lined up coming up this coming week, but for today, it's just me. And I'm actually, I'm, I'm inspired. I have a lot to share, and I never know when the inspiration is going to strike. First off, my website is just about complete. It's IamEddieCone.com. So visit over there. I'm teach all my online yoga classes have moved, uh, or all my yoga classes have moved online. So take yoga with me. Reach out on Instagram or Twitter. Although I sort of am saying that a bit apprehensively, and I'll share a story with you because part of me is actually wondering. I'm creating more harm than good sometimes. Uh, you know, I, part of me is one. Here, th- this is my issue, my huge grand issue of the day of my podcast. I do believe social media has ruined the world, and I think that now more than ever. Because if you go onto Facebook. You see somebody post this opinion, and then people respond to it and talk about it, quote unquote, talk about it on their Facebook page, uh, on their Facebook page. People are doing it right now on Twitter. People are doing it right now on Instagram, and it is creating mass disconnection, mass polarization. Nobody can see eye to eye. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, one of my friends, Calvin, he and I, really talk more often, or we talk pretty regularly, or my friend Jen, we talk regularly. And I'm thinking, you know, it's taken years to get to know each other. And we don't see eye to eye, but we have this understanding that if we don't see eye to eye, we talk and we communicate over the phone. And we try to understand the other person's perspective. But none of that is possible on social media. You know, if I post an article on social media and I want people to read it, well, then they may comment on it if they don't agree. And then am I supposed to comment back? And then we suddenly are engaged in this quote unquote conversation back and forth on a social media platform. And then other people can see it. And then people that don't even know me or have any idea who I am could then comment on the post. I mean, I created the podcast so people after about a year of listening to my show will sort of get a sense of the type of person I am and where I'm coming from. And I give statistics and facts and personal experiences. And people can really get a sense of who I am. And if you don't like me, well, obviously you can tune in somewhere else. Um, I'm not trying to get you to agree with me. I am ultimately trying to do, which is almost the impossible, and that is to simply get people like you to think with more of an open mind. I think social media and the world we live in is creating more one-tracked-mindedness, more narcissism, more self-indulgence, and more rigid behavior where it's impossible for people to think outside of themselves. And I think that's something I'm actually pretty good at doing. And I think a lot of us, if we aren't so self-indulgent and constantly thinking about ourselves, I think we can, if we're sensitive, which I always have been, think about other people's feelings. Try and put ourselves in other people's shoes. 
And I think that's lacking now more than ever. And this relates to a post, actually. And to me, this example strikingly shows how damaging and how chaotic and how polarized our world is. And this pandemic, this crisis is only making it worse because people right now at home, instead of having those face-to-face conversations, I know they're potentially on Zoom, but I believe the vast majority of people right now are staring at their phones, posting little ditties on Instagram and Facebook, wasting time on Netflix. And it's interesting, before my point, I am so productive right now. I am in a weird sort of way loving this time at home to finish my book, I've begun writing some outlines for a new book based on my podcast, and I'm teaching online classes. So there's all these amazing things happening right now. But then I go outside and I go to Whole Foods or I go to you know, Trader Joe's, and it feels like the end of the world. I mean, it literally feels like World War III. I look around and I see all these masks and I see people staring down at their phones and I see people terrified to talk to one another. So again, then I go to Trader Joe's last week and same thing, people are just walking on eggshells. There's this strange energy and dichotomy inside the store where people don't even want to look at each other and everybody has their masks on. And I've realized one of the main problems right now is you can't see anybody smile. If you go, like, I literally, I'm really happy at home, but when I go outside and I look at people or I go to Trader Joe's or Whole Foods, I'm fucking depressed. It's a fucking nightmare out there. Nobody's saying hello. People are terrified. The workers at Trader Joe's are probably anxious and nervous themselves because they have to work and they're thinking about germs right now. It's a fucking nightmare out there right now. I can't, I can't stand going to the grocery store. So back to my point. Wow. I know, a long way getting here. So I posted uh, a podcast with Adam Mesnick um, a few days ago. Great talk. Love Adam. He's a great guy. And so I write these descriptions of my shows. And I try to write interesting descriptions because it's, it's allowing me to become a better writer. You know, I'm writing my book, but I'm using these podcast episode descriptions to improve my writing. So I write, can the restaurant industry possibly survive another month-long lockdown? Every single day we see a running count of new deaths from the coronavirus, but what about the emotional and long-run societal effects from a complete shutdown? Adam is the owner of Deli Board, a lunch-only sandwich shop. I've been a firm believer that America's shutdown is going to have a much graver impact on society than the actual virus. So I get a DM on Instagram yesterday from some guy that I don't know, and he's a, he follows Adam, questioning, responding to this, questioning what I'm saying. You know, he basically said, how can you argue with 100,000 deaths? Because that's approximately the number of how many people have died around the world with the coronavirus. So I didn't respond because, I again, I don't want to perpetuate more conversations on social media, especially with people I don't know. And maybe I'm being a hypocrite here because my podcast is, you know, by me saying, hey, reach out to me on Instagram and tell me what you think. But maybe I actually don't want that because to have a real conversation with depth and perspective is impossible on Instagram because there's no talking. So I don't respond and I wake up today and go to the grocery store and all the fucking weird shit happens at Whole Foods. And then I get home and he reaches out again. 
And his comment is something like, oh, I thought so, because I didn't respond. And so then I, you know, it's funny, I'm triggered. I was triggered. And then I respond saying something to the effect of, I'm not going to have this conversation via DM on Instagram. And then he writes back like, you know, LOL, something like that and says, oh, I just wanted to hear how your stupid, you're insensitive. I wanted to hear how you possibly could write what you wrote, your stupid and insensitive post. He referred to what I wrote as being stupid and insensitive. And again, I think it's impossible to argue with people now, especially on social media. It's impossible to argue with numbers. You see that number, 100,000 people died so far from the coronavirus. But what if I told you that 400,000 people died from the flu this year across the country? What if I told you 1.3 million people die every year from car crashes across the world? What if I told you 600,000 people died from upper respiratory infections relating to the flu just two years ago? When you are constantly fed information about the coronavirus over and over and over again, the brain is manipulated and tricked into believing what they see, what it sees every single day. And it gets reaffirmed over and over and over again. So all you can think about is those 100,000 deaths from the coronavirus. And while that number is really big, it still, in my mind, doesn't explain or rationalize the government's decision to shut everything down. Because in the long run, when I go outside to Whole Foods and Trader Joe's, when I hear stories and speak to friends because I'm curious, who are yoga teachers, personal trainers, work in the restaurant industry, work for Uber, small business owners, their lives are ruined right now. And what about all the people right now that have cancer? What about the people that have other health conditions? that can't even be seen right now because of all the attention on the coronavirus. I was diagnosed with skin cancer. I go every year to get a checkup to make sure that I don't have any new skin cancer growths. I can't, I can't do that. I can't go to the doctor right now. What about the person right now that has kidney disease or heart disease or high blood pressure, asthma, rheumatoid arthritis, colitis, all these health conditions? I have a friend whose sister cannot go get her chemotherapy treatment, it has created this strange imbalance. And everybody's thinking about the 100,000. Nobody's thinking about the restaurant owners, the small business owners, the moms, single moms who have to now somehow figure out a way to feed their kids because the, their kids were having free lunch at school, but now they can't have free lunch and she can't go to work. You know how many people right now don't know where the fuck they're going to get their next paycheck from? We're talking millions. And that $400 or $600 stimulus check, while may delay the anxiety for a week or two, is going to come right back. And when I go on to uh, Facebook or social media or Instagram and mostly Facebook, and people are posting their opinions, 
regarding this or that. I mean, there is no clarity right now. Social media is creating no clarity. Nobody knows what to believe. There are no voices out there to get anyone's attention. There's nobody out there that we can trust to give you facts. I mean, one week we have Dr. Fauci saying one to 300,000 people are going to die in America. And now he's saying it's 50 to 60,000 people. Everybody is writing posts or stories on uh, on the New York Times are saying things to create a headline. We have the attorney general saying this week is going to be our Pearl Harbor. So every news, pa- news publication around the world writes that, and then it freaks people out. I mean, there is mad disconnection, polarization, chaos out there right now. It's funny, but when I was speaking to Adam a few days ago for my podcast, he brought up this company, Stakem which is a, um, they make frozen foods or frozen meat products. So I don't know if it's the owner or the marketing manager of Steakham, but they've been using their Twitter account to talk about what's going on in our culture right now. And I really, I really connect and relate to what this person is saying because I think it describes the problem with our culture. People think it's bizarre, ironic, and funny when a frozen meat company points out the importance of critical thinking. But chances are the same message would never go viral if it was from a person. Our society values entertainment over truth, and that's a huge problem. I think to myself, right now, instead of people having face-to-face conversations, trying to get the facts, trying to figure out how to make the world better, try to figure out what's right, what's wrong, what's accurate about the coronavirus. People are scrolling and staring at stupid shit on Instagram. People are scrolling on Facebook, getting triggered to respond to a post, and then they're having these strange dialogues about this or that on Facebook. I really think now more than ever, all these platforms, all these sources of information are literally ruining human beings' brains human beings' potential to think critically, think objectively, it has created a firestorm. Next post from Stakem. One major roadblock in getting credible information to the masses is the divide between experts and communicators. Most experts aren't communicators, and most communicators aren't experts. This often results in research being spun with a narrative by the time it reaches the public. There's a great article that came out in the New York Times a few days ago from David Brooks. The pandemic of fear and the pandemic of fear and agony. And it's powerful because it really talks about the emotional impact right now that people are dealing with. There's just a lot of powerful words here in a story, and I'll, I'll, I want to read a little bit to you. Uh, senior citizens are especially hit, uh, hard hit, particularly the widows and widowers. For many, it's the painful sense of missing their grandkids, the precarity of living with a disease that could kill them at any time. For others, it's the wrenching loneliness. I mean, again, I really do think, and I think part of it is my parents are 79 and I think 77, and my mom has a lot of health issues. My dad has a lot of health issues. They can't go to the doctor's office unless unless they're basically on their deathbed or something really terribly wrong. I mean, it is scary right now for people that have other health conditions. There's just a lot of hidden anxiety and fears 
that nobody's really talking about. The combination of isolation and stress is having compounded impact. I am 65 and a single woman with no nearby family. My surviving sibling, my surviving sibling lives several hours away. Since six months ago, my older brother died. My neighbors are not very friendly, and not once has anyone asked if I needed anything. I cry a lot, which is my new norm. So to sum it up, I'm feeling totally alone in this crisis and hopeless. A woman from Fresno wrote, I am normally a very positive person, person, outgoing, happy, energetic, definitely a glass half full. However, lately I cannot get through a day without tears, often sobs. I am terrified for myself and my family and everyone in the world. All the things I love to do, I'm now afraid to do. The anxiety is also very challenging. I have not been able to eat much. I have experienced anorexia previously during times of stress. I have lost 10 pounds in the last month. That might not sound like much, but I'm tiny and it's 8% of my body weight. Then there are those already suffering with mental health issues. People with anxiety wrote in to say that they were paralyzed by the possibility that they hadn't washed their hands well enough, that they hadn't disinfected enough, and that they would cause their own death. Another person wrote that there was no ways to distract yourself from unhappiness now. Indeed, you are hogtied to your unhappiness. One reader said this pandemic was causing invisible stress, a pervasive, ever-shifting, hard-to-define anxiety. Many people are experiencing shortness of breath, tightness in the chest, exhaustion. People out there are scared to death. 400,000 people died just two years ago from the flu across the world. And many of the people that died from the flu were also over the age of 65 and already had underlying health issues. Well, back then, two years ago, at least people with other health issues could go to the hospital or the doctor and be seen. A lot of those people right now can't even go to the freaking doctor's office. You know, I'm going to read an article because I think this article really speaks to my point. It's from a former New York Times reporter who thinks that we potentially may have overreacted. It's from Alex Berenson. I read a little bit before the conversation with Adam, but I think it's important to read a little bit more. Alex Berenson has been analyzing the data on the crisis on a daily basis for weeks and has come to the conclusion that the strategy of shutting down entire sectors of the economy is based on modeling that doesn't line up with the realities of the virus. You know, just between you and me, part of me wonders, you know, how do we know what information is even true anymore? Like, how can we believe anything that China tells us? And the media is so, they're filled with such agenda, whether it's Fox or CNN or whomever, who do we listen to that isn't biased, that doesn't have an agenda, that is just going to give us facts and also remind us to just sort of relax and everything's going to be okay. The response we have taken has caused enormous societal devastation. I don't think that's too strong a word. Berenson is a former reporter who worked for the Times from 1999 to 2010. What Berenson is promoting isn't coronavirus denialism, which is like, like me, or conspiracy theories, which is also similar to me. Instead, what Berenson is claiming is simple. The models guiding the response were wrong and that it is becoming clear by the day. In February, I was worried about the virus. By mid-March, I was more scared about the economy. But now I'm starting to get genuinely nervous. Um, genuinely nervous. This isn't complicated. The models don't work. 
The hospitals are empty. Why are we still talking about indefinite lockdowns? Hospitals, of course, are not empty in places like hard-hit New York City, and tales are widespread of overburdened doctors and emergency rooms. Concerns that this virus is significantly more contagious and deadly than any ordinary flu strain are what's driving the current government approach. Perhaps due in part to more testing, America reports the highest number of cases in the world right now with more than 430,000. Symptoms vary widely with some patients reporting only minor discomfort, yet others dealing with crushing, physical pain, and struggling to breathe. But Berenson is taking a broader look. He initially challenged the model put forward by the Imperial College in London when one of the authors of the models appeared to significantly walk back projections from 500,000 people being killed to closer to 20,000 people being killed. Recently, he's been focusing on discrepancies within the University of Washington's Institute for Health Metrics model. That model has come under renewed scrutiny as it has revived its metrics multiple times. It once predicted 90,000 deaths, now it's coming down to 60,000. Dr. Fauci said that the indicators are that social distancing efforts are working. But Berenson argues that those models have social distancing and other measures baked into them. As for further proof, he says that outside of places like New York, there has, been, there has not been a national health crisis that was predicted, nor are there signs that the level of lockdown in various states has made a difference. You know, I read all of these articles and I created this podcast because I've just become tired of it all. You know, there's so much beauty and I have so much to be thankful for and I get that. I'm not complaining, but the world and technology and how easily manipulated people are is impacting my life, your life, everybody's life. And I just feel like I just want to move to like Montana, bring a bunch of books and just get away because when I go on to Facebook and I see the discourse back and forth, the arguing people sharing their opinions as if if they're fact and people wasting time on these platforms, it's mind numbing to me. The idiotic behavior and dialogues and exchanges that just go on and on all day with nobody out there providing any sort of truth. I mean, I just went to pick up some alkaline water. By the way, just my suggestion, juice, go out and buy a juicer. I've been juicing while I've been home. I drink alkaline water. These are just some minor things that I think people need to do. You know, you know, they say that we should all stay home and social socially isolate ourselves. But the reality is, is that our immune systems need sun. We need to be outdoors. We feel better when we're talking to each other and having communication with one another. All these things that the government is telling us that we can't do, they actually improve our immune systems. So I go to the alkaline water store to pick up some water. And this guy, the owner, a few weeks ago, he was so anxious and nervous. And I can see his anxiety level increasing every week that I go to pick up the water. The first time I saw him about a month ago, I'll say, I mean, my anxiety was pretty low and I didn't really believe what was going on. I I go, are you okay? And he just goes, well, man, I I don't want to catch this fucking thing. I I don't know what it is. If it's like AIDS or HIV, I I don't know what's going on out there, but I don't want to fucking catch it. So I'm just, I'm, I'm freaked out, man. I'm freaked out. And so the next week I see him and he's wearing gloves 
and he looks petrified to see anybody in his store, and he puts up a sign, only one person at a time. Everybody needs to form a line outside. I'm not allowing anybody to come in here without gloves on or a mask. And then I see him last week, and he has like three layers of gloves on, and he has two masks on, and he is just terrified. And there's nobody out there that is coming from a place of reason to get anybody to relax. And and I'm I'm pissed off. I mean, think about it. What has we have lost all of our freedoms right now. We have to stay home. And they keep saying that it's because of this coronavirus. We have a hundred thousand people that have died. But do you even believe the statistics? Do you believe the running numbers? I'm starting to read stories that the numbers are becoming manipulated and that the respirators are actually creating more harm than good. I'm going to read to you a couple more posts. And um, she's a friend of mine. She's actually a friend of Joey Peters. Actually, she's the wife of Joey Peters, who was on my show like a year ago. And she just can't believe what's going on with our country. So I'm going to read to you a couple posts, which I think will really blow your mind and hopefully get you to be a little upset. I mean, I can't believe how many people are just okay with just not responding and just staying home. And, you know, what's interesting to me here is I, I, the author is unknown. And what's frustrating is we live in such a politically charged society that you can't even name your sources anymore. Because if you say your source is Fox, then right away people are just going to say, oh, you're a Trump lover. And they're not even going to pay attention to what you have to say. There is such hatred, such divide going on right now that people are incapable of listening or thinking objectively or critically. And it really drives me crazy. I'm just, I guess I'm just pissed off. I've just had it. I can't believe that we have been manipulated and moved into just locking ourselves up in our homes. And people are just like, okay, sure. Yeah, why not? This, this seems like the right thing to do without questioning. So let me read this. We are seeing the most draconian measures enforced at all levels of government that we've ever seen in our lifetimes. And yet, rather than being alarmed by the things going on, so many of you applaud. People are being arrested for spending too much time outside, and you applaud. Pastors are being arrested for daring to hold church services, and you applaud. A child's birthday party is raided by police, and you applaud. A young woman is ticketed for going on a leisurely drive alone because it's deemed non-essential travel. A parade of school teachers and administrators who wanted to drive through neighborhoods and wave at children is busted up by cops because they were non-essential, and you applaud. People are being denied life-saving medical treatments because they're not a priority right now as the entirety of our medical system is focused on one thing, and you applaud. Businesses are being forcibly closed and padlocked, and owners arrested for refusing to shut down, and you applaud. Dairy farmers and soon other farmers are being incentivized to stop dairy farming and to sell their herds, and you don't seem to understand the implications." You're being told to use hotlines and online forms provided by your local governments to report your neighbors who don't obey, and you comply. 
You scold people day after day for not obeying government edicts. And if any of us dare to question what's happening, you lecture about how we're a danger to society and we just don't care about people dying. God, that really pisses me off because that that is seriously what people tell me, specifically major left-wing Democrats. If I question what's going on, they said, oh, that you just don't care about the old people dying. Of course that's not the case. Drives me crazy. I just, I hear it all the time. Uh, You've somehow managed to convince yourselves that the people whose lives are affected by a virus are much more important than the people whose lives are being destroyed by the effects of a worldwide economic shutdown and impending worldwide depression, the likes of which no one has ever seen before. At what point will you start questioning what's going on? How far does a government have to push before you're jolted awake from your slumber? How far are you willing to go with this? If they told you to load your families onto train cars so that you could be taken to virus protection facilities for your own safety, would you do it? Yes, yes you would. That much has become painfully obvious. And the whole time you'd be shaking your finger and yelling at those of us who refused, accusing us of being a danger to society and not caring if people die. But they don't have to load you onto train cars and take you to virus protection facilities or force you to comply because you did that voluntarily. They control your mind. They control you through fear. They control you by convincing you that the world is a scary, dangerous place. But they're here to protect you, care for you, and keep you safe just as long as you obey. They know, that you, they know that as long as you're locked inside your comfortable home with Netflix, Hulu, Facebook, Instagram, and a cell phone, while dangling a check in front of you like a carrot on a stick, you'll comply. No force is necessary for the majority of the herd. Wow. I mean, can you get any better than that? Can you believe how easily manipulated and tricked our whole society has been. And we all think that this is the right thing to do. It's mind mind blowing to me. I'll leave you with that. You know, the podcast originated about a year and a half ago. I was fed up with how Instagram, Facebook, Netflix have all tricked everybody to spend all their time on their phones becoming more engaged in these ridiculous DMs and fake conversations. And now the manipulation has gone even further. And ironically, it's the tech companies that are benefiting from all of this. How fucked up is that? Think about that. Netflix is benefiting. Amazon and Apple are both hiring more employees right now. It's crazy. Where is this going? Does anybody curious about is anybody curious about where this is going? What's the intent behind all of this? Any of the numbers about the deaths being tricked and manipulated to make it higher than they actually are? I mean, do you believe that this may be happening? So I'll leave you with that. Remember, if you dig the show, head over to iTunes, give it a five star, write a review. Follow me on my YouTube channel and support me on my Patreon, patreon.com backslash Eddie Cohn. And that's it. As always, thank you so much for listening and being a part 
of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast.